Shawty, what's all with y'all? Oh, hi. Coming to say you're lucky, fine. We got to cutting it off. It she know about the kid and fuck on my line. I'ma keep it up all with y'all. But Shawty, I'm trying to make you mine. Don't make it too easy, I wanna try. She looking too good, can't let it go by. Oh, yeah. Think I won the lotto. This slow mulatto. She could be a model. She wanna show me some. Think I won the lotto. In today's episode, Max Butsy and I discuss Ime Udoka replacing Steven Silas as the head coach of the Houston Rockets and then recap two amazing game fours, the Heat vs. Bucks and the Lakers vs. Grizzlies. All right, fellas, welcome into the pod. We got a nice Tuesday night podcast, the Celts are on in the background. Um, we had some big news today, so we're going to hop right in. Ime Udoka, who was fired from the Celtics um, not too long ago, is now the head coach of the Houston Rockets. Max, I'm going to go to you first. What, what's your reaction? Dude, I love this move because, one, it gets Udoka. He's not, he's not going to someone that we're going to be facing anytime soon. Um, I've, obviously, I really didn't like when he was going to go to the Nets because I was that meant we were going to see him more often and he could really hurt us. If you think about it, this is a guy who knows our offense, our team, and our defense inside and out and helped to build it for the most part. So going against him especially in a playoff scenario, is a very scary thing. So I'm glad that he's out of our conference one. And I love this fit for Houston because if you look at it, I mean, obviously the Celtics were way more talented when Ime got a hold of them. But in terms of the Rockets, I mean, this is a team with no direction and has awful defense. And that's sort of what the Celtics were when Ime got there. Not not as bad as the Rockets by any means, but they didn't have a direction and they were pretty poor on defense. And Ime brought a very military style and in, like just an intensity and professionalism up until obviously his issue that we don't really know what happened still. Um, and he brought defense to that team. So if he can do it to the Celtics, hopefully he can do it to the Rockets. Uh, I love the fit with Jabari Smith too. I think that's going to unlock Jabari Smith and it's going to, he's really going to clash with Kevin Porter jr. But I think that's for the best and him. And I think he's going to maximize what you get from Jalen green. So I love the move all around for both sides. Yeah, I mean the for all the shit we give the Rockets and for all the shit the Rockets have gotten, I've always stuck to the fact that I think they have a lot of talented guys. It's just that they're very unorganized and they were clearly, you know, not polished NBA players. So it will be interesting to see how Ime affects them. Butsy, what did you think of the news Ime to Houston? I thought it was obviously, uh, you know, a big move for the Rockets, and I like the move for the Rockets too, um, but. I like I, I expressed this to you guys yesterday over text. Um, I'm kind of nervous about it, uh, you know, because I think the Rockets are building something. They got a lot of young talent. You bring in a coach, uh, a proven coach who just brought a team to NBA finals. You got the pretty good chance at getting the number one overall draft pick. You just had the worst record in the NBA. And now there's talks about Jalen Brown going to Houston uh, when his contract's up or getting possibly getting traded there uh, next season. So there's a lot of speculation around this Rockets team. Um, I think it honestly all depends on them getting the number one pick. If they don't get the number one pick, I think this move could just kind of be wishy-washy for the Rockets. But if they can get Wemby and uh, a free agent in the offseason, it would literally be uh, Jalen Green, Jalen Brown, Jabari Smith, Wemby, and then I'm missing someone. Kevin Porter Jr. maybe? Like, that's a really good young team. Uh, Tari Eason as well. And it's just a great young team with a great coach uh, that I would have a lot of future and a lot of years together. Um, so yeah, I think this could be a great move for Houston. Um, I also heard Harden speculation of Harden going back to Houston is what I heard as well. 
Uh, so yeah, they have a lot in the works. Uh, excited to see what this team can do in the next uh, next couple of years. But in order to get Brown, they would have to trade some of those pieces. I don't think you keep those young guys. I think you get older. or or in free agency after next year. Yeah, the, yeah, that's a good point. I don't, I don't know. Um, I think if he gets that All NBA and we win it, maybe I think winning a title maybe changes things for what what Jalen does. But I think if he don't want to win a title and we, he gets All NBA, I, th- I feel like he's going to stay on the max but yeah i've I've heard that weird um jalen brown to houston thing a lot to be honest i don't know where it started but it's a scary thought yeah i think max you kind of mentioned Ime came in and changed our defense around um for the rockets obviously they need to change everything around pretty much their defense their offense their style all of it do you see Ime being able to impact a young guy like jalen green who has all the talent in the world just hasn't been able to put it together yet. Do you think he can turn him into a more kind of complete player? Yeah, I really do. I think Jalen Green, uh, Sengun, uh, Tari Eason, and Jabari Smith are the four that are the four guys that you can really build around. And then you have like good other players. Um, like there's a, I mean, I, I'm not a huge fan of Kevin Porter Jr. because I think, um, He's just kind of like that prototype of player that I'm not a huge fan of normally, like the kind of like the Bones Highland types where it's just shooting and ball dominance all the time. I think Jalen Green, we've seen, has really good talent and the intangibles in a player in terms of athleticism and skill, but he just hasn't been in a he's been in kind of a terrible position. And you can argue whether that's um what what's going on in Houston or if that he makes it like that because he doesn't pass so often. But I think I really do think that he can maximize what he has with these younger guys. Um, Cause he's shown that he can do that in the past with the Celtics, obviously. Yeah. I mean, beyond everything else, they at least just needed a new face in the locker room. I, I don't think yeah. it was working out and they got one. So let's talk about the old face who was Steven Silas. Um, I don't know much about the guy, but his tenure in Houston has come to an end. And then we actually saw a picture today of Steven Silas and Brad Stevens chalking it up. Mm-hmm. Um, Max, I know you really want to talk, talk about this, so I'll I'll go to you first and then to Butsy if you have anything to add. Well, Silas was hired on October 30th, 2020 for that Rockets team. That team was meant to be a good team. So he was hired for like a successful... Um, if you remember, Contender. like he got, hi- yeah, he got hired for what's his name, Mike D'Antoni. Um, when De- when um, Daryl Morey was there, who we've talked about extensively, and this is for the Russell Westbrook, PJ Tucker, um, and James Harden team with like what's his face? There's uh, Clint Capella. That was like kind of this big four guys on there. So yeah, Stephen Silas was hired to be a winning coach, and then three years later, he's he's coaching a rebuilding team where everyone left. Um, we knew Houston was going to clean out house. We've actually talked about that on this podcast for a long time. That Stephen Silas was going to be gone, and he ended up getting fired or mutually parting ways with the team a while ago. Um, so I do like Stephen Silas. I think he got a bad end of the deal there. I mean, he's brought into went to coach what some thought were was a contending team. And like I said, three years later, he's, he's dealing with one of the worst teams in the NBA, if not the worst. Um, he has a good history of co- like coaching history in general. Um, previously he's been with 
the Dallas Mavs as an assist, an assistant. He was with the Charlotte Bobcats slash Hornets as an assistant. He was the Warriors assistant, the Cavaliers assistant, the Hornets assistant, the Hornets assistant again. Um, and he also has coached internationally. I believe he worked just like with the, the team USA. Um, his dad is really famous. His dad is Steven Silas senior, I believe, or no, no, sorry, Paul Silas, Paul Silas. I apologize. And Steven is from Boston and grew up in Boston, New York city. So the reason that I like him coming and visiting with us is that the Celtics just lost their assistant coach, um, Scott Morrison. I, I think that's who that, or Damon Stoudemire, actually, sorry. They, they just lost Damon Stoudemire because he became the new head coach at Georgia tech, which is like a new job that opened up this, this year. Um, I don't know if you guys knew about this, but the whole Georgia tech, like AD just kind of everything got turned over there. The AD left and the head football coach left as well as the head coach of the basketball team as they go through sort of this like new rebranding, sort of like what Tennessee did a while ago. Um, so anyways, that was Damon Stoudemire was the old assistant coach for the Celtics this season. He left to go get that Georgia Tech job. And we see Steven Silas, who has ties to Boston, is a really coveted um, assistant coach. I'm surprised he's not getting head coaching opportunities, but the head coaching pool is kind of deep for this offseason. So him coming in as an assistant is a really awesome thing for the Celtics. And I hope this ends up happening. Yeah, I don't yeah. know much about I don't know much about the guy at all. Uh, Max kind of gave the rundown on him, but. Um, I think like the assistant coach job in the NBA is something that goes like heavily undervalued uh, and, and kind of under underlooked or overlooked. Sorry. Um, like if you look at some of the great teams, like the Warriors assistant has been Curry's guy for, I don't know, since Curry got to the league, uh, the Lakers have a great assistant coaching staff, like well, dude. great assistant coaches, like help teams win championships. Like it, they really do. Yeah, and I mean Darwin Ham was on the Warriors um like coaching staff. Uh Larry Brown, right? The the Kings head coach is from was the assistant coach for Golden the Warriors State. for a while. Um Will Hardy, who we talked about Jordan and I expe- extensively, um is now the the head coach of the Jazz and he was the Celtics old assistant coach as well. There's so many different stories of that. Um just like all these coaches coming out of you know, being Ty Lu is an example of that as well. So there's a bunch of um, assistant coaches that are good enough to be head coaches. So like, just didn't mean to cut you off, but I wanted to mention that because you were talking about how important the position itself is. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't have much to say uh, on the matter besides, you know, assistant coaches really matter. And I think adding him in Boston would be huge. Um, I really think that it would help kind of, you know, obviously uh, the head coach runs the show but the assistant coach kind of deals with everything else behind the scenes, like deals with uh, individual players more, you know, is emphasis on big emphasis on workouts. They either work out together all the time. Um, and I think, you know, providing somebody that I think the players would trust a little bit, uh, you know, who has experience, uh, you know, coaching head coaching in the league and the Rockets. I know they were bad, like really bad, but they had some decent wins. Uh, they're they're They were okay. Um, I know, I think record-wise, they were the worst team in the day, but they did beat the Celtics when the Celtics went to Houston. Um, so I definitely think that this would be a nice a nice addition to the coaching staff for for the Seas. Yeah, Rockets Rockets beat a couple good teams. They, yeah, they, they did. They can pull some things off. Um, all right, that's going to wrap up our talk about the coaching situation in Houston. Let's move on to some of these games now. So we're going to start with the Heat versus the Bucks. First of all, 
What a game. Uh, big headline here is Butler goes for six, 56, uh, carries the heat to a victory. Bucks <laughs> led this game pretty much the whole way, I think, until very, very deep into the fourth quarter. I thought the Bucks had it the whole way, and then Jimmy just, just turns it on, hits a ton of huge shots. A bunch of guys um, on the heat make uh, big plays down the stretch. Bucks really struggled in the fourth. Max, I'll start with you. What's your biggest takeaway from this game? The historical performance from Jimmy Butler is my biggest takeaway. I, we have never seen anything like this in the modern era in terms of performances. My dad texted me watching it and said that it was like watching. He gave out a couple of names. He said Jordan, Dominique, and Bird were his three that he gave out performance-wise in the playoffs, which were... That is the that is the most old head three yeah. I've ever heard yeah. ever well, when it comes to I great mean, score performances. Yeah, this guy, this my dad sits he watches every single Celtics game. He just got I just introduced him to League Pass. So he's been um yeah, he's a he's a connoisseur of the NBA for sure. And that is an old head take as a child of the eighties. Um I mean, yeah, I've never seen anything like this. I mean, there are shots that this guy was hitting that he doesn't normally hit, you know, and he takes these like heat check shots and you're like, ah, I don't know if that's going in. And last night they were going in that dunk, that like breakaway dunk that he got on the steel. And he like kind of jiggled his entire body and was screaming. I've never seen anything like that. It was actually <laughs> cool in Miami for the first time in a long while. Usually Miami fans um, in the arena look pretty dead. So what a performance from him. And just to put it into perspective, this is a game that the bucks have to win. They have, the best, the better five, I believe there's like, what, seven undrafted players on the Heat. I mean, yep. this is insane that he is going head-to-head against the best player in the world right now, who's Giannis, and he's outplaying him and getting the win and bringing his team to a win. And, I mean, did you guys see how exhausted he was in the first half? I mean, he was... He pushed himself to the limit. I, I think they called like an off-ball foul or something, and he was like he like, had fallen down. And he just laid on the ground for a little bit because he was so tired. So this guy really gives it his all. And we talked about this, and we're gonna do a little piece about in the future when it's slowed down a little bit about um you know top playoff guys that we want you know or like top remaining players in the playoffs. And I mean Jimmy Butler, if he's not your first pick, I'm not really sure who else you're gonna take at this point because this guy is proven to fucking get it done. Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, my big takeaway is this is why we feared the Heat so much. Mm. This is the exact reason why uh, Atlanta winning that play-in game was so fucking big for us. And I know Giannis might not be 100%, even if he is. Like, this is why the Heat were so scary. They have Jimmy Butler, who is so fucking explosive. They had a bunch of guys. Cody Martin was huge yesterday. He hit two ginormous threes down the stretch that were – you know, one was over Giannis in the corner. I think I ruled the two, but still, he was getting buckets. That was a uh, huge shot. Huge shot. Um, the role players stepped up down the stretch. Like, Cody Martin, like I just said, stepped up down the stretch. But it was the Jimmy Butler show all day. Um, very, very impressive to see how a guy can just go that unconscious with the basketball in his hands. Uh, really impressive stuff. Um, Bucks were up 10 with five minutes left. Bad loss for the Bucks. Now the question is... You know, I'm gonna pivot this uh, question to you, to you guys. Is this series over? Uh, the Bucks are like plus one thirty to win this series right now. Miami's minus one fifty. Got to win one out of the next two, or sorry, one out of the next three. Two of them being in Milwaukee. 
Um, do you think Giannis finds a switch, or does Jimmy Butler stay this hot, and is this series over? Man, it's tough. I was thinking about it um, on my walk to class this morning, listening to uh, First Things First, and I was just like, I, I, I think this is pretty much a coin flip as to who wins this series. Even, even with how Jimmy's playing, I am such a big believer in Giannis and the level that he can get to. I think he wills them to uh, this next game, at least. And then after that, I mean, it's 3-2. If they can win game six in Miami, I don't see them losing in uh, in Milwaukee. I think it comes down to game six. I'm going to pick... I'm, I'm going to pick the Heat to close it out in game six, but man, I will not be surprised at all if, if Giannis can flip the switch, if Middleton can get going, because they just have a way better roster. And I know, like, Jimmy can do this, but Jimmy can't do this every night. Like, we, we saw even against the Celts last year, Jimmy would will them to, to wins, but then in their losses, like, he just looks like he's completely out of gas, like, after, after he just dropped 45 the game before. So I don't see Jimmy quite you know willing them to this type of game again but i do think they'll get one more i think it'll be game six in miami i'm in i'm in the same same uh area there i mean the thought of the bucks winning three more games straight when they've already lost three games to the heat i mean they have granted i mean Giannis was out for two of the like yeah two of those games or i guess one and a half but they won one without him today yeah, they did yep. win one without Game him. Two. And that's what that that's kind of what I expected the series to look like after Giannis went out. I gave them the first half or the second half of the game that, you know, he went out on because I like we talked about. I mean, that's so weird to have your best player go out in the middle of a game like that. It's, it's got to throw you off. And then when we saw them come back, I we thought like, all right, that makes sense. That that's feels right. Um, but then, I mean, game three and four, it's like, what's going on here? So, I mean, just looking at it like basic odds, I don't know. I'm going to go with the Heat here, but I don't feel great about it. I feel like Jordan said they they, they do have the better team and they have the best player in the world, but my, they might not have the better playoff player right now because Miami is better. I was going to say, first of all, that's a wild take in my opinion. I know Jimmy's awesome, but I think Giannis is hurt. I think Giannis is far yeah, no, and away. He's hurt. The best player. I'm saying playoff only. Playoff only. <laughs> Still, not... come on. It's yeah, Giannis, yeah. man. It is Giannis. I, I think he's just hurt, which is a big reason why I, I have the heat. But I was going to say, they have Bam on Giannis. And they have, like, I, I don't know who guards Brooke Lopez, but it's someone really short. Because there was a time in this game where they were Giannis was just lobbing it to Brooke Lopez the whole time. And he was Lopez scoring. had 36 last <laughs> yeah. night. So I was going to say no one insane. was guarding Lopez. <laughs> the... The matchup doesn't it's it doesn't make sense how the Heat beat them because they have no size. Their only size is Bam, and they have to use it against Giannis. But anyways, Butsy, who do you have? Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna go Bucks in seven. Oh uh, shit! I'm gonna I'm gonna go against the pod, go against the fellas here, stir up a little controversy. But I'm gonna go Bucks in seven. I think this team's too good to lose. Uh, championship caliber team. I know the Heat kind of are or were at least championship caliber team a couple years ago. Even last year, they were one shot away. Uh, so they have the DNA for it. But no Tyler Hero, I think that's going to hurt, uh, especially in these next three games when Jimmy is tired, like Jordan said. Jimmy has, like, he has these performances where, like, holy fuck. And then he doesn't really back them up with another, you know, great performance. And he's going to need to have, like, it took every 
point that of Jimmy Butler's 56 for them to beat the Bucks in Miami. Like, I don't think that's going to happen again. Uh, I think Giannis is going to, you know, flip a switch. I think the whole team's going to flip a switch, uh, tune into their little championship caliber DNA that they have, and um, get this series done in seven. Can we talk about Bam real quick? Yeah. He's been not great these playoffs at all. And it doesn't matter. They're up 3 1. No, I understand Sex. that. But I'm saying, like, there's this weird thing about Bam where I think people think he's. There, people kind of disagree on how good he is. And I think if yeah. you're a Heat fan, you think he he's one of the top players in the league. But if you kind of look at it from a different lens, maybe you're un, maybe you're biased because you're not a Heat fan. But I don't, I'm, I'm not a big fan of what he's doing for them. And I think a big part of it is his jockeying for Defensive Player of the Year every year. But, I mean, in this series especially, I know he's trying to – no one can guard Giannis, and he's doing the best he can, but – I mean, his def- his defense is not something that I've been super impressed with in this series. Um, I mean, he's struggled with Lopez and he struggled with Giannis, which is fair. I mean, everyone kind of does. But he's not really handling the offensive end either. And if he's not doing that and he's not playing great defense, then what is he other than size for the Heat? Uh, one thing I want to talk about with his offense, I mean, just like to put it into perspective, He's playing 29.5 minutes a game in the postseason so far. He's averaging 48% from the field. He doesn't shoot three, 0%. Uh, he's got he's averaging eight rebounds, a, about four assists, and a half a block, two, almost two steals, and almost four turnovers in 16.8 points. I mean, it's weird. Like, he just seems kind of, uh, like, one not one-dimensional, but he doesn't seem very... He doesn't have a ton of dimension to his game offensively. And I mean, defensively, he's not showing me that he's that defensive player of the year that he talks about. So I just wanted to know if you guys had been watching Bam and had picked up on any of that. I would say his numbers drop every year from the regular season to the playoffs. Now, I'm not talking year over year. I'm saying every year his regular season numbers are better than his playoff numbers. And that's definitely super concerning. The reason I'm not super focused on it is because I I think Bam kind of is what he is. I think he is a very versatile defender. I know you said he's struggling. You're worried about his defense. I'm not worried about his defense. I think he's a great defender. Guarding Giannis is a tough matchup. He got a big stop against Giannis late in the fourth last night. I'm more concerned about his offense. Just, I mean, he puts up 15 points last night, and obviously Jimmy's taken 28 shots, but Bam got 16, and it's like sometimes he just can't create, and I feel like he should be able to score on a guy like Brook Lopez who doesn't have any sort of foot speed. I know Brook's a very good rim protector, but Bam should be able to create his own shot sometimes a little more than he does. So that's kind of my concern with him is he's not really going to be a second option, I think, on a championship team. I think he's a great defender, and I think he can give you, you know, 15 to, to 18 a night and be your third option. That's that's where I am with Bam. Let's see. Yeah, I would have to agree. Um I think coming into the league, I think people saw him obviously as more of a defender than an offensive threat, uh, just because of his versatility uh, and his incredible athleticism and length. But Jordan's right; like he's not going to be a second option. And without Tyler Hero, like I said earlier, this offense is kind of stunted. If Jimmy Butler doesn't go for fifty-six, like Cody Martin stepping up and hitting those shots, like that's not going to happen every game. Jimmy Butler going fifty-six, that's not going to happen every game. But 
Bam's been consistently meh on offense, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Um, I think he could be on a championship winning team, just maybe not even as a third option. Like he could, I, I could see him being a strictly a role player, like a strict rim protector, rebounder type player who has the ability to put in those push shots in the lane over some of the taller bigs. Uh, I, I could see that being the case maybe in the next couple of years or so. Yeah. Just to, I mean, it is, uh, I was just going to say, Caleb Martin is on the Heat. Cody, Cody? is on the, on the Hornets. I always it's get all right. they're, they're twins, confused. man. They're, they're twins. They are twins. They are twins. Yeah. Max, did you have something else? Well, I think that's a crazy take that Butsy just had because, I mean, it was kind of crazy. I'm, I, yeah. Cause, Hot I mean, take. Hot it, take butts. Well, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, people are, people think Bam is going to be, like one of the better player, one of the best bigs in the league. Um, so to say that he's going to be like a, a glorified role player is a hot take. But I mean, it's a take that's definitely out there by some people. So I can understand like it. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm overreacting to his offensive efficiency, and he is a defensive anchor for this Miami team. But I don't know. I do have some fears. Just he's not a, he's not like extremely durable either. And I think mostly I'm just saying this because I think Robert Williams is a ton is a whole head better than Bam Adebayo. And I think that's kind of where this comes from. I like where your head's at there. I agree. I think, I think Rob is awesome. If he, if he could stay on the court, he'd be miles better than Bam. But exactly. one guy I want to talk about before we move on from this game, the reason I'm picking Miami or a big reason why I'm picking Miami is because Chris Middleton just can't get going. And he does not look like the same guy that was the second option on that championship team. And I know Drew Holiday has kind of filled in that role of, of the second scorer. But man, when Middleton was in that role and Drew was the third guy, that was that was the team that we were expecting to see this year. And that was the team that won the championship and I think was the best team. I, I thought coming into this year, we were going to see that team and that they were the best team in the league. We haven't seen that Middleton yet. And that's why I'm, I'm kind of concerned. He went four for 12 for 14 points last night. And Drew, who as good of a scorer as he is, had a bad night and he will have bad nights. That's why you need Middleton to be able to step up and be who he is, which was a second option on a championship-winning team. So, Butsy, you're picking the Bucks. Are you expecting Middleton to turn it around, or you think Giannis is just going for 50? I think Giannis is going for 50 every game, but I also think Drew's going to step up. Uh, I think there's going to be a consistent second option throughout these final three games and throughout the rest of the playoffs. Obviously, there's going to be down games, but when it's crunch time like this, championship team, got the DNA for it, they have the weapons for it. I think there's going to be a consistent second option, whether it's Drew or Middleton. I don't know. It might be Drew two games, Middleton one game. It might be Drew all three games. But I do think that there will be a, a good enough second option. Uh, I mean, they have literally four options. What, Brooke had 36 last night? Like, that's yeah. fucking insane. Uh, so I think scoring will come elsewhere. Um, like, between Middleton and Drew, I think it's going to be one of those two plus the consistency of Lopez that's going to help this team win in seven. Max, you have any concerns with Middleton? I think he's I think he's getting better, uh, getting back into shape. I think he's certainly been better than when he first came back. I was more worried about him. He's been he's been having better games and his speed and timing is looking a lot better to me. I'm actually not as worried about him as you guys are. I I do think he looks a ton better. I don't know if you remember when he first got back, it was like, this guy is not what he used to be. So I think he's still kind of working his way back in and he's still playing. I mean, he's, he, he's, he's, you know, a little wishy-washy, but he always kind of had been, I mean, I know last night he only had 14 
and he didn't shoot the ball well at all. But, I mean, he also was facilitating. He did have eight assists, and I think that's kind of, I don't know, that's just a testament to him shooting the ball badly. I can't even say it's like Miami's defense because they really just, it's not. I mean, maybe maybe Martin kind of gave him a tough time, but I'm not sure. I, I, I think, think that so. was just, yeah, I don't think so. Um, I just think he just had a bad shooting night. Yeah, I yeah, maybe I might be overreacting a little bit. He had a good game. Uh he had a good game 3. So, but let's move on now to the next game we're going to talk about, which is the Lakers versus Grizzlies. Big headline here was obviously LeBron James turning back the clocks, uh looking like the GOAT. I think he had 22 and 20 rebounds. He hit some huge shots down the stretch. Took the game into overtime. Butsy, what do you think of LeBron's performance? Man, it's getting really hard to keep being a Jordan stand. I'll tell you that much. It is getting quite, quite difficult to be a Jordan stand. Uh, You said turning back the clocks. Like, we're not, I don't even know if we're turning back the clocks. Like, did the clock ever go forward? Like, did did, the time go forward? Because LeBron looks just as athletic as he did. Maybe it's like a hair, like an inch off his vertical from when he was fucking 18 coming into the league. Uh, His strength, size, athleticism has been too much. Uh, for league to handle for a long time now, but his performance last night, man, twenty rebounds, uh, had the insane le- like over Jaron Jackson to send it into OT, and then the and one on Dylan Brooks to kind of cap it all off. Um, it was very very impressive, and I was watching the game last night, and the one thing that stuck out to me with LeBron besides his offensive you know scoring ability is his vision. He was throwing passes that I didn't even see on TV. Like, he was whipping the ball all over the court, getting guys open looks. He draws so much attention when he enters the paint that, you know, six guys or six eyes, three guys look at him. He's going to find the open guy every time, and that's what he did last night. I know both teams kind of struggled from beyond the arc last night, but still the looks that they were getting because of LeBron's uh, vision and his uh, ability to draw attention was insane. Um, LeBron, I think, is going to lead this team – to the Western Conference Finals. That's my prediction. Uh, I think they get to the Western Conference Finals, but last night's game, the Grizzlies should have won. Uh, I think I think they played good enough to win. Um, obviously, they didn't get it done in OT. And I honestly think one of the biggest turning points in the game in overtime, when I, I did bet the Grizzlies live, so I'm a little biased here, but I th- kind of thought the game was almost over when uh, they got the stop, and then Jaw threw it off of his own guy's leg, and then the Lakers turned that into two points at the beginning of overtime. Memphis never really seemed to recover from that, um, and and you know the game was over. But that, those are my thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts on the game, but let, I'll just talk about the Lakers first. Yeah, now we'll, we'll we'll get back to it. We'll we'll come back around. Don't you worry, Max. If you want to touch on LeBron's performance, go for it. But I do want to hear a little bit more about the Grizzlies and what went down. But you you take it and do what you want. Yeah, I actually uh, do want to touch up on LeBron's performance just a little bit because, I mean, he started off really slow. I thought, I don't think he scored till the second quarter. Uh, I personally took his over on this one, so I was very cognizant of him scoring. And to me, he looked very comfortable letting the other the other younger guys and the role players cook and you know do the scoring. Well, he just kind of would get rebounds, and he wasn't even taking the ball up that much. To be honest, he kind of let others do that for him. Um, he let Austin Reeves do a lot of that and Schroeder and all the other guys. But, um, I thought it was impressive that he was able to turn it on later, but I do start to see that fatigue. Um, this is not the same LeBron James that 
it was, and it shouldn't be because he's really old. He's 38 and he's been doing this for like 20 years. So it's extremely impressive that he can even get to that level. But, um, I mean, I don't know. I did notice that the age was really a thing. It was kind of weird watching him sit back like that. I've never really seen him do that. You always see him kind of attack. And even if he's not scoring, he's at least facilitating. And this was sort of a scenario where he was in the back. He was facilitating a little bit, but he wasn't really scoring. And it seemed like he was kind of saving himself for later in the game. And then he did seem gassed at the end of the game. Overall, great game. For the Grizzlies side, I mean, this was like the textbook perfect ending for the Lakers. The fact that there's all those clips of the Grizzlies saying he can't go left. He ends up dropping a lefty layup on Dylan Brooks and it makes it Dylan Brooks also mentioned that he needs to score 40 to to be respected by him. And LeBron had 22 points, 20 rebounds. So um, he had 40 of something. It was very fairy tale ending. I mean, this Grizzlies team can't sh- didn't shoot the ball at all. They looked a little mentally broken. And that's what happens when you invite a bunch of criticism. Um, I haven't seen a, a team get hated this much this season since the Warriors also this season. But the Grizzlies, you can argue, might have the most hate in the league right now and might be one of the most disliked uh, organizations in the league just because of how this team handles themselves on and off the court. So I think when you put a bunch of pressure on yourself like that and you guys are very young, I mean, this is, I think, like the one of the five youngest teams in the entire league. I mean, the fact is they're overachieving and I mean, that was a ton of pressure and that was a tough spot for them. They weren't going to win, especially if they can't shoot like that. And Steven Adams shouldn't matter this much to your team. The fact that he's gone and they fall apart like this is not great because Steven Adams, although he's a great player, he's not actually like he's a he's a role player. So maybe he plays a bigger role for Memphis, but he shouldn't be this like he's he's not the difference between you winning a championship. Um, They got to reassess. They got to get rid of Dylan Brooks. He's a liability for this team. And yeah, I'll leave some meat on the bone for you guys now. Yeah. I'll, I'll simplify it just a little bit because for me, it's all about Jaw for this team. Jaw just has to be better. The, he has 19 points. He shot eight for 24. You can't shoot that poorly. I think last year's playoffs, Jaw was a completely different player. And I kind of said when he got suspended this year that that suspension wasn't just eight games. You know, that lasts longer than those eight games when he's out because now you have to reintegrate him into the lineup. He has to get his legs back under him. He hasn't been playing for a while and he has all these eyes watching him and expecting him to, you know, come come back and be the same guy he was and he just hasn't been performing the way he needed to. So that's my big takeaway for the Grizzlies. I think as soon as Jaw got suspended, their season was pretty much over in my opinion, but I do want to jump back just a little bit to to your stuff with LeBron because LeBron played 45 minutes, and Anthony Davis had 12 points in 41 minutes. He shot 4 for 13 and had 12 points. Two games ago, Anthony Davis went 4 for 14 with 13 points. He had a good game last game, but this is a guy who's averaging like 35 for a month of this season. And I am extremely concerned for this Lakers team in the long run because LeBron's playing 45 minutes and, and hitting you know game-tying shots to send this team to overtime. In the first round of the playoffs, what does that tell you about their ceiling when, when LeBron has to be doing all this just to get him by the Grizzlies who are, like Max said, a little bit broken and out of sorts right now? So, Connor, what the hell is wrong with AD? 
I, I don't even know if I, I can't quite figure out what it is. In in you know what? It might just be as simple as simple as this that Jaron Jackson is the depoy. Like that True. might be as simple like as it is. I mean, Jaron Jackson has been playing really great the defense all series. Uh I think AD had what a great game one, was it? I think he went off in game it one. Like, it was like one and three or one and two, something like that. But that's the thing. Like, why does it have to be two out of the four games? They're not they're not winning that. Because I think Jaron Jackson's really good. I think he's a great defender, but uh, you know, one game was Austin Reeves, one game I mean, last night it was kind of really nobody. LeBron had twenty, and that was pretty much it for the Lakers. Uh I don't know. I, I really can't quite figure it out. I think he's you want to talk about a guy who's fatigued and battered up more than anybody in the league? It's AD. Like, that guy, I he's got to be playing through something. Every time he falls down, it's, oh, my finger, oh, my ankle, oh, my elbow. And and I believe that he's really hurt. But he's a walking fucking, you know, handicapped guy out there. Like, he is just, he needs to be put in a wheelchair, like, and put in bubble wrap or something. Because I think he's experiencing so much discomfort by playing through. I don't know, actually, this might be a hot take. But if he, if they weren't in the playoffs right now, I don't know if he'd be playing. Like, I think he would might, you know, take some time and, and try to recover from whatever the hell he's hurting from, which is pretty much everything at all times. Like, I don't know if his body can go through a full playoff run anymore. You know, I, I think it's a combination of that plus Jaron Jackson being the depoy and playing some great defense on him and making it very, very difficult for AD. Uh, he's playing really physical, Jaron Jackson is, on AD. And that's been kind of working clearly. Um, so I think if they keep up this uh, sort of aggression on AD, I think they're going to keep him at bay. But, you know, you look at across the league at some of the other bigs in the West. Sorry, you look at the West and look at who they might play. Like if they win, who are they going to play if they win? They'll play the um, Kings or Warriors. Fuck. The Kings or Warriors. Like he AD might have put up much better numbers against Kevon Looney than he might against Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, even True. Sabonis. Like I think AD could work Sabonis, and I think he could work Kevon Looney too. So I, I think it's a Draymond's matchup problem. On Looney though, or Draymond's, Draymond's on on AD. On oh, AD. I mean, uh, yeah, that's what I meant. Or he might be on LeBron though. I don't know, but I see what exactly. You're but you see what I'm saying? Like I think the matchups bode better for AD uh, against these other bigs in the West. And plus, I like I just said, I think his body is 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 rapidly decaying. Dude, I keep doing this with all the West teams. I'm like. I, I say like last episode, I think I said I, I was afraid of like every West team except for the ones that I know aren't going to be going the distance. And then it's like, well, you got to fucking pick a team from the West. Like one of them is coming out, but all of them are extremely flawed. I mean, Denver last night loses a game to Minnesota. That's fine. That's bound to happen. But game three, they almost lost as well. And Minis- and Denver scares me because they just take their foot off the pedal and they can play some really terrible defense at times. And when Jokic is off the floor, these guys really struggle to score. Jamal Murray can really shoot you into a hole. Same with Michael Porter Jr., but when they're clicking, they're clicking. And then you look at Phoenix. Um, I said it, I brought it up on the last episode as well, that the two, the number two, like the number one and number two most minutes played are by in the playoffs so far. Is number one is Kevin Durant. Number two is Devin Booker. They're a minute apart from each other. Um, Chris Paul is number seven most minutes. And so clearly they have no bench either, and they're playing these guys into the ground. And I mean, Chris Paul is extremely old. Kevin Durant is getting up there in age and is coming off of an injury. So how sustainable is the Phoenix run, the Clippers run? Like how, how sustainable are they? Um, 
Clippers might be the one that I feel maybe better about if they get out of this round with the Suns and get Paul George back. I feel maybe really good about them, but that's a big if if they can get out of this round. And then you look at the the Warriors and the Kings. I mean, I don't feel great about either of those teams. I mean, Sabonis has been broken and can't score right now. And then you look at the Warriors and they are having they're getting beat up by a Kings team that's showing you ways to beat them. And then you look at this uh, series and it's like I don't like either teams to go far. I don't like the Lakers to go far at all because your two superstars are one's really old and one's injury prone. And granted, they might be top five players when they're at their best. But I mean, do you guys really think that they're going to make it all the way without getting injured again? And for like a long period of time, I, I really don't. I mean, LeBron to Jordan's point is getting 45 minutes. That's not what you want to see LeBron doing in the first round. So all of these West teams are extremely flawed and I have no idea what's going to happen to them. Um, and I don't, I think the Grizzlies win the next game, but there's no, I don't think there's any way they win this series, to be honest with you. Um, they just don't really have, I mean, I don't know. They jaw. I wanted to touch on him real quick. Actually. I don't think I'm worried about jaw in terms of being a superstar for a long time. And it's one play in particular. It's that play when he goes up and tries to like, jump over LeBron or whatever and completely like dies. Jaw needs to be smarter. There's no way in hell he's he's actually finishing that dunk. That's humanly impossible. And it he really puts himself in these awful positions to get injured and he does it constantly. Someone needs to show him Derrick Rose highlights because I'm afraid he's going to be Derrick Rose. So, I know I put a lot at you, but those were my kind of thoughts on what you were talking about, buds. Yeah, I and I agree. Uh and it's not just the plays that make him look you know, that that are really scary when he goes up. He goes up a lot. Like, there were a few times late in the fourth and in overtime, he went up and he just didn't finish. Uh, so I, I know he's very capable of finishing everything that at the rim, but he's got to – I know he shot really well from three uh, in game three um, where he kind of scored, like, 22 straight for the Grizzlies. That was ridiculous. But if he can consistently get a three-point shot down to, you know, make defenders – I don't even know, man. It's tough because – I obviously do see the the scare and the threat of the injury, but it's also like that's his game. So he's going to need to develop other aspects of his game. And I know he has got a great floater when he gets in the paint, and I think he should result to that more often. Or it's just as simple as there's a few times where he doesn't need to go up. He, he can just dish it off. Exactly. Uh, and we saw, we saw him do it in uh, late fourth quarter to give him a two-point lead late. Like he was – you know, I was dead set to rights that he was going to go up with that and try to dunk it or try to do some crazy ass layup, and instead dropped it off uh, and made a great pass. So, I'd like to see more of that at a jaw, just more safety. Um, but definitely, development of a consistent three point shot uh, is absolutely going to, I think, reduce the risk of or reduce the risk of injury because I don't think he'll be flying through the air as much. That's a really good point. Yeah, Jaw's been a. Derrick Rose comparison guy for since he got drafted and I've always been scared of it but somehow he's just been invincible he hasn't and... been though he's he's been <laughs> injured he's getting he's starting but... to wear down not wear down but he's starting to get these like accumulation of freak injuries with the hand the ankle I mean he's he's not yeah. he hasn't, he hasn't been had invincible. the significant he hasn't had the significant like season ender is what I meant you're very uh, right about that but yeah you're right too and you're also right about the Western Conference being a complete crapshoot I thought going into these playoffs, I thought the Suns were gonna like waltz to the finals. Um, yeah, and like like they hadn't lost with KD before before they the had playoffs, it. and now, well, they, and they still. I mean, they're up three one, so it's like, are we overreacting a little bit? Maybe, but 
when you watch their bench guys come in the game, it just makes you like want to rip your hair out. But and, Jordan, they're like, they're almost losing a game four to the Clippers team that lost their two best scores. So you're relying on what Westbrook, who just a month ago we were talking about him going to China. So I mean, like, <laughs> like what are we doing? That's scary, dude. There's definitely, and we talked about this too. Um, that maybe they're not going to be in trouble for this series because of those injuries. But I mean, those guys have some wicked tread on them already. They've already played the two most minutes in the NBA. I mean, not in the NBA, in the playoffs so far. Um, and that's what really breaks. That, that's what happens to these champ, the playoffs. Guys get injured, and that changes the course of the playoffs. It happens every single year, and it's going to happen this year if not, if it hasn't already with Giannis and the Bucks. So it's just a matter of time, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I would say if you can find a bet anywhere out there that is for the champion, for the NBA champion to come out of the East, I would hammer that bet. I haven't been able to find it, but I've seen people talking about it, and I think that is as as good of odds as you can get because yeah. these Western teams, like Max said, are all flawed, like beyond flawed. The Suns are... They have they have two players who score all their points. It's honestly insane to watch as an NBA team. I, uh, but, I would say to take out a slip, if you can, on the Warriors, and depending on what happens in the series, if um they go up, like if they end up winning the series, check just check the prices. Taking a slip out on the Warriors and the Nuggets to go to the finals, not win it, but just go. I don't know what those odds are, obviously, but those are the teams that I think um can be the ones that like you see start to have cohesion and just put it all together and get a win here. Um, just because I mean this like I'm like we talked about the Suns um being flawed and then the Lakers Grizzlies would be the other ones and I, I don't feel great about those guys. Do you like the Nugs more than the Suns? Because I don't. I, I still like the Suns over the Nuggets. Really? I think the Nuggets have more scoring and I mean I think they're gonna be a more balanced, but do they have more scoring? They can. They can with Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, uh Jokic. I guess I guess you're I now that I'm saying it because then it's like you're going against Booker and CP3 and KD and if God forbid Aiton gets over 20 points maybe you're looking all right but it seems to me like um I mean just with that lack of bench from the Suns I mean I know I talk yeah. about the Denver bench all the time too but I mean they at least have a little bit more of a bench but yeah what well, I guess I guess I can see I can definitely see what you're saying it's it's going to be an awesome series if that's what happens Butsy is back from his pee break by the way yeah um but Thanks, who's announcing that, of... Jordan? <laughs> well, you were you were gone for a while, so the audience was probably like, "Where's Buttsy? I don't know. I'm lost with that. Freaking out. Sorry, no but... us. <laughs> yeah. Who did you have coming out of the West before the playoffs, and who do you have now? Uh, before the playoffs, I had the Suns coming out of the West, and now coming out of the West, fuck. I don't know, man. This is tough because you look at this Golden State, uh, Sacramento series. And they are too, they, it's almost like a replica. Like the teams replicate each other so well. Yeah. And this has been such a sick series. And it's, and you really start to think who can slow either of these teams down? Like, I, I think the Kings would have to be a fucking long shot because I don't think they're getting out of the series. Um, they kind of needed to win game four, I think, if they wanted that to happen. But man, like, is anybody going to stop the Warriors? Like, are the Warriors really back? Because if they're back, they're going to the finals again. And I hate to say it because I really don't want it to happen. But they look really fucking good. Uh, their defense is obviously kind of meh. 
and and it would be it'd be an interesting matchup with the Suns' offense. But I think the Suns' defense cannot hold the Warriors. No, at definitely. All. I it's not like there's a defensive juggernaut in the so, West. So right, <laughs> I'm gonna throw out the Warriors as as a hot right. take. Yeah, I mean, full of hot takes. I, I'm just a hot take guy. No, that's not a hot take. I I actually kind of like yeah. that. I don't know if that's super hot. The pushback I would have for you is we just saw them win two straight, but we haven't seen them win more than 10 games on the road this year, I think yeah. it was. So as soon as game three started and Jordan Poole hit like a sidestep three, I was like, oh, it, this home and road thing is real. Because yeah. some of their players just play so different when they're on their home court. So that's my pushback is how are... How is the worst road team, one of the worst road teams all year, going to come out of the West as a six seed where they're not going to have home court? Um, especially against the Kings. I mean, you pick, you pick the Kings to win this series. I'm surprised you're backtracking on that when they're going back I, to Sacramento too, too. I think they wanted, I think they needed game four. I think the Warriors are looking too hot right now. And then now that we've seen them play this well at home, game five is going to be really interesting to see because I think. You know, we don't really watch the Warriors a ton during the regular season. At least I didn't, because uh, I only I don't have league pass like Max. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not loaded with money or no, anything no, like that. you're can't, not committed. Can't afford you're league pass. Get a job, buddy. <laughs> um, but I, it'll be interesting to see like now that in like in such close cons- like conse- I don't know, it's not the word I'm fucking looking for. Uh, in such a close time period, like. Can the Warriors go back to being like that mid-ass team that plays on the road, or can they carry over their great play at home and carry it into Game Five uh, in Sacramento? Uh, it's gonna be really interesting to see. But I, I don't know. The Warriors just look so fucking good at home, and it's like, how can you look so good at home and so bad on the road? Makes zero sense to me. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm actually completely conflicted right now. <laughs> You yeah, I tell. mean, the guy has a uh, the guy has a future out on the Kings to win the series, and then he I picks do. the Warriors. Come out, come out of the West. Yeah, you know, you know, always a fucking map. Well, that's better than Jordan and I saying that the Pelicans before the playoffs were contenders. Um, <laughs> no, they were I, contenders. Was, they were, they were. Fat Zion, dude. That's all I gotta say. Our Two worst, words, our worst take at this point has to be Russ. Yep. Russ yeah. got to be. It's we've just, be. Uh, by the way, we've just been shooting the shit for a while. We haven't been talking about anything prepared. Um, do you guys have anything else you want to shoot the shit about? Or should we wrap up? Um, there. Oh, there was one thing, but I can't remember it now. There was, there was something I wanted. To, oh, Walker Kessler got two first place votes on the rookie of the year ballot. That's crazy, right? Like, Fuck why do you have? A, why do you have a vote? Love that. Wait, <laughs> I don't love like. That. Why do you have a vote though? It does make you question the voters a little bit. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. Like two out of so there's a big issue going on with MMA scoring is there's not a set fucking thing. So different judges score different things, and it's so frustrating because it's like some of guys, some of these guys have horrible decisions, like three horrible decisions in a, in a night. Sometimes it's like eight horrible decisions in a row, and it's like, why are you allowed to be a judge of anything if you're just like <laughs> fucking around at this? Yeah, point? you're just joking. Yeah. Um. My shoot the shit topic is Evan Mobley not being as good as I thought he was. Hey, he's young. He's younger than us <laughs> in his first playoff game at MSG. Dude. Give him a. Br- I mean, his first playoff series at MSG. So, Max is like a a big Bill Simmons guy, and Bill Simmons happens to be a really big Evan Mobley guy. 
So I weird. think that might be where, where that's so coming weird. from. It's not watch him play. <laughs> so I mean, it, it, a part of it is that, but I mean, watching him, just watch we have him. been watching him. He, dude, we we've been watching the Cavs offensively. He's thirty limited. points. Offensively, half. he's limited. I'll give you that. But defensively, that's a big, he's, that's a big piece. He's shutting <laughs> down. Like he's shutting down the Randall. game. No, I, 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 I'm not as big of a Mobley guy as Bill Simmons is because Bill Simmons has mentioned that he has uh, KG flashes in him. He's so that's <laughs> that's not like I don't think he's gonna be that. I mean, I don't know what he's gonna be because he's extremely young, but he's certainly an intriguing prospect. Just watching him play defense. Do you think that Randall's playing terrible because he's slightly injured or because Mobley's been guarding him up? Because I think it's more Mobley than that. Yeah, Butsy put up the two. Indicating both. Uh, oh, you think Randall's, both, Randall's definitely not 100%. No, but uh, I think he, Mobley's like locking him up still. I agree, but Randall's not 100% still. Like Mobley's great on defense, but Max, we, we thought he was going to be a lot better on offense, let's be honest. I mean, this is this is really disappointing. You can't tell me you're not disappointed. It's a little disappointing. I, I do like, I mean, if he could add a jump, any sort of jumper, I think yeah. that's what we're looking for. But there's just been no signs. But I think you guys are forgetting he's a rookie. And big guys take a little bit to get going. He's not sure. a rookie, is he? Is he a rookie? It's his second not. year. Second year. Sorry. Yeah. Second, year. <laughs> second year. My Come bad. On now. My bad. Don't second even know year. your own favorite player's year. He's not my favorite player. <laughs> you guys are blowing this out of proportion, but he, <laughs> he's a he's a second year. Your favorite, I mean, your favorite podcaster's favorite player? Yes. That's fair enough. Yes. Um, wait, it's also <laughs> his first playoff series as well that's, and he's playing at true, Madison yeah. Square Garden which is like that that arena holy fuck Jordan you mentioned yeah, what, the Cavs what, what was he doing at home what what was he doing in Cleveland not not a whole not, not great but i mean i mean yeah you're you're right about that but i mean i was just going to say Jordan mentioned it too Cleveland is so dead especially compared God, to MSG holy fuck so sad <laughs> dude also is MSG affecting Garland or is just is Garland just Garland's not him. playing well Garland's he's so well, like, Garland, weird Garland played played well last game he did, but th- for the series, he's been really like he's hurt them. He's been he's, he's been the biggest dude, reason that they that they're down three one. Yeah, we were talking about Bickerstaff. Do you think that's Bickerstaff? Because I mean, that last game he took him out. Um, he took him out with these weird foul trouble thing. He had he had like uh two fou- two or three quick fouls in the first two, and they took him out till the third. And on that time, the Knicks went on this massive run, and then they put Garland back in. They go back on a little bit of a run, but he was kind of like out for this whole time. Um, I think I think it's the weird, like coaching uh, with him. To be honest, I mean, quick anecdote: Butsy and I had an intramural game last night, and shots just weren't falling for the boys. And sometimes yeah, that just happens for me. For me, sometimes that just happens, and I don't think this is coaching at all. He shot four for twenty-one in a game, like <laughs> that one's not coaching. <laughs> I don't think that's coaching. I think something's in his head. I don't know if it's MSG, but I think. It's his first playoff series. He's young too. He's not mobile young, but he's very young. And they're asking a lot of him. And, and when those shots don't go down, when you miss like four or five shots in a row, it's tough to gain that confidence back. As as Butsy and I learned, um, hard way, <laughs> hard way, hard, very hard way. <laughs> I thought he looked really good last game. I thought he looked confident and engaged. And I thought he was playing up to his surroundings and was he not. He didn't. Did. He didn't look phased. The the game, um, game. Four, but game three, you're right, and I think maybe that that maybe that's just what that was for that first game. I can't, contr- I don't, I think the two Cleveland games, one of those was the Garland or the Mitchell game where he took like a million shots and Garland took like five or, or like not five. He took yeah, like but Garland seven. was really struggling. Like 
Donovan was the only one scoring for them. What's up, Butsy? Well, I was, I was, I, I have a different shoot the shit topic, but if you guys are good on the Garland mobile or Garland, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, we're good. You're good. My interesting shoot the shit topic is uh, Embiid, Joel Embiid. Old Joel. guy had a guy had to go back to Philly to get an MRI on his knee. Uh, missed game four, which they won. Uh, Celtics makes all tonight's game way more important to get this series started as quickly as we fucking can. But Embiid's going to be iffy for this series, fellas. Um, what do we think of Embiid's status? Do we think he's going to be full good to go? Uh, is he going to be a little hobbled? Is he going to miss a couple games? Jordan, what are you thinking? Philly's never scared me. I don't care. Okay. Does, there you go. doesn't That's, matter. I think it's as simple as that. <laughs> all right, Max? Put him on uh, the court. We'll win. I hate saying that, Go dude, because I, I hate angering that the basketball the gods. Out of me. That scares the fuck out of me whenever people do that <laughs> shit, dude. All over Twitter today, they're talking. They're already talking about Philly. It's like we got to beat fucking Atlanta first, dude. Um, I'm not gonna say shit. I I do think, uh, maybe just stop falling as much. That's what I'm gonna say. Just stop falling down. <laughs> do you think? I, I mean, what was the, what was the like whole injury situation though? Is it confirmed super serious? Do we not know anything yet? What's going on? I think they're trying to hide the severity of it because it's been so quiet but i do think it's relatively it's a it's a decent sized injury that i think could require some offseason uh oh, cleaning shit. up I didn't yeah know that. i yeah. mean nba nba injuries are no one had no one knows what's going on like a- a- ever i mean Kawhi, do we know what's going on with him ben simmons God, no. the last couple of years it's like is he in- injured physically mentally or what what's going on here <laughs> definitely um, mentally definitely, definitely mentally. mentally but it started off with like a physical back injury so that kind of yeah. evolved you're like what's going on you don't know anything that's going on paul george what's his what's his timetable i know he keeps changing it so it's like how about how about know. our boy zion so, oh jesus don't even get me fucking started on him i mean jesus <laughs> uh i want to play the 76ers more than anything in the world, and we're Dude, gonna get to. Why but... are you doing this right now? <laughs> I love playing the Sixers. Stop! It's just why are you so doubling down? It's, it's, it's kind of fun. Because it's kind of fun. I'm not saying we're gonna like dominate them, but I'm picking us to win, and it's so fun because the rivalry and the intensity. Both of those buildings are absurd environments, and everything feels like it's a shot to win the series. Even though it's not, but it could be the first quarter and someone will hit a three and it feels like it's, you know, a, a late fourth quarter shot. So I'm super excited for that series. I hope Embiid isn't injured because I want to see a good series. Um, what are your I, thoughts? I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm totally okay. Yeah, I, was, I don't <laughs> know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, like, <laughs> I didn't care if it was boring as long as we win a goddamn championship. Yeah, I don't yeah. give a fuck if we, I, I mean, eighth grade, give a shit. I kind of happens. You don't wish guys to be finger. injured, though. No, no I don't want no. anyone to be injured. I don't know. No, 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 no. no we don't no, ever we don't, do no, that. He's winking we actually, we actually don't. We actually don't wish that because then one of our guys. We we should stop this segment because we're gonna fucking offend <laughs> the NBA guys. Something. This is gonna end with horrific shit that I'm not even gonna speak. I'm so superstitious. I'm not. A, I'm superstitious. So fucking. Whoa. Let's end it. Get it. Not uh, superstitious. I have a. I have one more quick shoot the shit thing. Uh, I've been tainted by living with a Knicks fan that has made me a little delusional into thinking that the Celtics could play the Knicks in the Eastern Conference Championship. <laughs> That's out there, dude. There's a lot they of that. They could. They could. I mean, if the if the Heat win, which two of us picked them to do, I might pick the Knicks to beat the Heat. 
the Knicks are really so, good, dude. Yeah. Knicks so heat is a great. It's a great matchup. Like that's going to be such a. F- you go well. I guess Miami sucks. Like to watch playoff games except for last night. But yeah, I mean they were solid last year. They are they, like half game seven. Rolls they got they got up for game seven. They much. just can't score points. Unless well, I was Jimmy talking about the crowd. I mean, like the the crowd. Yeah, that's is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, like. You ever notice when they come back from halftime and ha- like three quarters of the crowd is just gone still, like they're still getting their food, and then you yeah. pan to everything and it's like a extremely tan old man with a very young wife <laughs> and wearing like a white shirt, and it's like all right, it's a silver fox, it's a silver like, fox, yeah, it's a silver fox, and a twenty five year old model with yeah. that's had eight let's rounds. Let's get some of drunk surgery. young dudes in here. Yeah, let's get some MSG guys going. I mean, it's like it's like well, I don't want to see like billionaires that don't give a fuck, you know? Yeah, I agree. The the Knicks though. I hope Letty doesn't listen to this, but the Knicks are really he's not. good yeah, he's and, not. <laughs> and really deep. Like, they have so many guys. Josh Hart is awesome. They play together. They might be, other than the Celtics and the Bucks, they're probably the most cohesive team. The Cavs, for all the talent they have, can't match the Knicks' depth. Like, it's a huge issue. When Donovan or, or Darius is struggling, the Cavs don't have other guys to go to, and the Knicks do. And that would be... Pretty similar, I think, for a series against the Heat, where it's like, if Jimmy doesn't get going, the Heat don't have anywhere to turn. But for the Knicks, they're always going to have, you know, contributions from the bench. Yeah, they will. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little worried about Randall's thing because if you think he's injured now, um, yeah, there's no way he's true. just going to like hold up. But they also, like you said, I mean, Josh Hart, best offs or best trade deadline acquisition. This well, year, right? Kevin I guess Kevin Durant. Yeah. <laughs> some guy, some guy second. named KD. So that's crazy. So if it wasn't KD, then it's fucking Josh Hart, which is <laughs> got to be Jay Hart. Got to be Jay Hart. Yeah, um, absurd. This was yeah. a good shoot the shit. Yeah, that was great. Fun. We should do this shit. more often at the end of the episode. Just bring, everyone brings a topic. It does a shoot the shit. No, I think I think it's more natural when it just comes to you. You, you can't come prepared. Well, we had, we missed out on our last episode. Also, happy birthday to us, boys. We're one today. Woo! Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Lovecast is one. Lovecast is one, so uh, get drunk responsibly. Yeah, responsibly, and uh, go Celtics. Let's let's wrap this. Let's let's leave some uh, leave them want more, right, JD? So, all right, <laughs> we're gonna wrap it up here. Jordan, do the honors because you hosted. Yeah, uh, thank you all for listening. Great pod today. We'll be back soon. Um, we're ramping up for the NBA playoffs, so stay tuned, and we'll be back. Thank you. Yeah. Shorty was saw with y'all oh, Coming to say you look, you're fine We got to cutting it off Nobody kidding, fuck on my line I'ma keep it up with y'all But shorty, I'm trying to make you mine Don't make it too easy, I wanna try She looking too good, can't let it go by, oh yeah Think I won the lotto This slow mulatto She could be a model She wanna show me some Think I won the lotto This slow mulatto She could be a model